Hey everyone, Mike here. Welcome to the LaxRecords.com podcast, episode 31. Sorry for missing the last few weeks, but I had some some personal stuff that I had to take care of. I'm in grad school at Robert Morris University here in Chicago, so I had to finish up some big final projects for that and uh, just kind of focus on that. So a couple things had to, to take a back seat, and unfortunately the podcast was one of them. But over the last couple of weeks, I have been quietly interviewing the coach um, of the player of the year, Justin Shockey, and Justin himself. So it took a few weeks to get both of those interviews. So I wanted to make sure I had that because obviously this is the first year that I'm doing a player of the year. And obviously first year I'm doing an all-lax records team. So I wanted to make sure I had the time to, to get that. So that is officially episode 31. Um, I intend to have bi-weekly podcast from here on out. I have some some interesting ideas I want to kind of continue to in the, the Get Improved series that I started last year. So, But if you guys have any ideas or any thoughts on future podcasts that you would like to hear, hit me up at Twitter or Instagram at Lax Records, Facebook.com slash Lax Records, or there's a contact me page on LaxRecords.com, which at the time of I'm recording this intro, I just relaunched over the weekend. So if you guys have any thoughts or ideas on what you like about the new look, don't hesitate to, to let me know. But without further ado, we're going to jump straight into this week's podcast. So first, we're going to start with Justin Shockey, who is the 2017 and inaugural Lax Records Player of the Year. Justin had a phenomenal season. It was one of those things like it, it was kind of it was a really tough choice this year. Um, it kind of came down for me between Justin Shockey at uh, Landon and Alex Trippi at Bullis. And honestly, it ended up being the, the championship game and just the, the season that Landon had that kind of sealed it for me because Justin was just so dominant at the faceoff. He won almost 80% of his faceoffs this year, and that was against high-quality competition. And then he also added 24 points, led the team in ground balls with 197, created instant offense. His teammate Joey Epstein benefited um, not only him and Nate Buller, both benefited from that along with some of the other teammates. But so it was a really hard call, uh, but I, I I had to eventually make that decision and just kind of run with it. So I'm really happy to announce that Justin Shockey is the 2017 Lax Records Player of the Year. So we're going to jump into the interview with him. And then after the interview with Justin, we're going to talk with his head coach, Rob Bordley, who is a great interview and will give you a lot of information and just kind of talk about what he thought about Justin between Justin and Joey on who he thought was uh, it, it was it's a little bit of chicken or the egg kind of debate with him when it came to uh, the MVP for the team, which they had co-MVPs, which was Justin and Joey Epstein. So on to the interview. How did you get so good at the faceoff? Um, you know, I'd say kind of. I don't know if Coach Borley told you, but in middle school, I was kind of – I was an attack man. I, I was pretty good in middle school. But kind of towards the end, I, like, I kind of washed up, wasn't, wasn't great. It kind of fell down the depth chart. And so I uh, – for my club team, actually, I started taking face-offs and kind of had a knack for it. But um, I don't know if he also told you that, like, I'm pretty into whitewater kayaking. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of towards the end of my, like, middle school career, per se, that was kind of where my uh, – my passion was and so I almost gave up lacrosse to kind of pursue that and um through some like through some good upperclassmen uh mentors they kind of kept me in the sport and uh I don't know if you know who Jarrett Witzel is he's a face-off guy Bucknell he yeah. really uh really kept me in it and he he trained with me and we worked out together almost every weekend my freshman year and 
and uh, and he really kept me in it. And you know, then I through through Jarrett and some other faceoff guys at Landon, I met uh Chris Mattis, and he uh he really took me under his wing and um kind of taught me everything I know. And then through obviously Mattis and some uh some of our great coaches at Landon, uh namely uh Coach Bordley and uh, Connor Cassidy, he's a Landon alum, a uh, Hopkins faceoff guy. Um, they really, really pushed me and um, and taught me everything I know. So, I mean, all the credit really goes to them. So, and, uh, what, obviously, my my training partners. What What was it? What, what did they say or do early on when you were when you were thinking of of giving up lacrosse? Like, what was it that they that they did to kind of keep you in it and and to help you find the faceoff? I think going back, I'd say that they were the ones that really helped me hone my skills. But I think Landon as a community is something that really uh, inspired me to keep going with the cross. Like I've been at Landon. Um, I don't know if Coach Coach Borley told you, but I've been at Landon for uh, ten years, and and Landon has a special brotherhood that we all uh, all pride ourselves in. And um, so I'd say wanted wanting to have the best for our team, knowing that maybe I wouldn't be the starting guy, maybe I'd be a backup. That kinda kinda drove me to uh to to learn the face off so we could get to that ultimate uh ultimate goal. And I mean, as you saw like last season, that's kinda what we what we achieved that twenty one and zero, um, best team in the country. So um I'd say I'd say that brotherhood and that, that drive for to do it all for all for Landon. Yeah. Um something really special that not not anywhere else has. Yeah. And you mentioned kayaking and Coach Bordley had also mentioned it too. Um, and, but when we were talking about it, he said that I guess he had at like a couple people had mentioned that maybe that has helped you with the face off. Do, do you think that's the case? Um, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, there's a similar push pull kind of punch motion that that you have uh, that you have kayaking that's similar to face offs. Um, so I yeah I definitely say that similar muscle groups kind of kind of translated into uh into into face offs. Yeah, is it you know I I don't know much about kayaking other than what I what I've seen on TV. Kind of like <laughs> someone who, so someone who doesn't know about it, like what do you what is the similarities? Like I know also it's pretty solo sport and you know the face off you're kind of uh, an island as well. Yeah. So how how do they how do they relate? So basically there's. Uh, there's a couple types of kayaking. I'm I'm more into the white water uh, white water kayaking, okay. white water uh, rapids. A lot of people call it cranking, and then I'm also into white water racing, which a lot of people call wild water. Okay. Um. So I'd say that um. The the competition in the wild water, obviously, similarly to uh, face offs, you're by yourself. You uh, you're gonna get out of it what you put into it. So um, I know that's something that. That like if I I know that if I put in a certain amount of hours in the weight room or on the field, um, I'm gonna get some get some stuff out of it. Similarly to uh, I know if I'm gonna go out and train kayaking for a couple hours, I'm gonna find myself in better shape and uh, be more prepared for either race day or game day. Yeah. So um, so I'd say that. And then all, along with that, I mean I, I definitely have uh, said before that um face-offs for me is, is a huge mental game and I know um kind of getting away from the racing part of kayaking um the the rapids uh, running like class five rapids you have to have um a certain amount of kind of mental composure I, I definitely say the like fourth quarter type game um that similar uh mental composure is is required 
to uh in a face off to kind of stay calm and and do do what you know and uh hopefully get that ball yeah that's got to be pretty intense <laughs> I, I, yeah. I class five rapids I, oh, I i'm imagining in my head like a lot of rushing water a lot of rock yeah something that you know if you mess up yeah you could get seriously injured <laughs> yeah I, yeah for sure and i mean it's it's i'm really fortunate to have uh literally a set of world-class rapids right outside my back door almost um i don't know if you're familiar with like great falls and potomac river it's kind of a plenty of plenty of class five plus rapids very dangerous and and very fun to say the least um and i literally live five minutes from those rapids strap a boat onto my car and be there within 10 minutes (laughs) that's that's very fortunate to have that yeah um so you so you mentioned you started attack and you found the face off like for someone who came from the mentality of wanting to put the ball in the net and I know you you still scored a few goals and and made in a few assists but obviously you're mm-hmm. you're, you're almost the specialty at the at the uh, the face off like what is the the difference and how does it you know feel because now you get to kind of you know start the team and then obviously Joey Epstein and Nate Buller had fantastic seasons and Coach Boardley said mm-hmm. obviously it starts with you so what's that difference like. Um, I'd say kind of in like a, in a broader sense, it's more, I know that if we get the first possession or we, we push that first ball, uh, ball forward, that's going to give a huge spark to our team, our bench. And, you know, it's not, it's not about me scoring personally. It's Mm -hmm. our offense was so good this year that I didn't have to score. I wasn't pressured to go forward or pressured to push transition um, I mean, guys like Nate and Joey, I know if I get the ball to them, they're going to score almost every time. And mm-hmm. you, you really saw that this year. I mean, our offensive efficiency was, was off the, off the charts. I mean, um, so I'd say the momentum piece is huge. Turning together runs was kind of the, the main focus for, for our offense and for our wings. Um, and for me, obviously, but, uh, like I said, it's, it wasn't about me scoring goals. It's about just getting the ball to our more than capable offense yeah. um and that that would obviously lead to lead to goals and wins yeah well, what's it like or i guess better better yet what what goes through your mind whenever you know you win the face off you get the ball to to one of your uh teammates they score you go back and you win another face off <laughs> like what what do you what goes through your mind or does anything go through your mind at that point in the game whenever you guys can just dominate i mean it becomes a game of make it take it at that point like what, yeah i mean what goes I, your mind I, at that? I'd say almost, I mean, it goes through my mind, but it's more in the minds of the, uh, the opponents. Like, we string together an easy face-off win with a dominant offensive possession, and, and teams start to get worn down. And, and you see that in the college game, too, with uh, with Denver. You can't stop their offense. You can't stop their face-off guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't beat them. So so that, for us, was huge, just wearing down opponents. And I know for me, like, what – what I think about is just come on, like we we've got, I don't know, four quarters. Just give everything you have those four quarters, and and uh, if I do my job, I know the offense will do their job, and, and we'll win. So yeah. that was. It's all about. Uh, we talk about it as a face-off unit. Our, uh, like I said, Connor Cassie's a huge mentor to me. He's a, like I said, Landon coach, Hopkins face-off guy, uh, Landon alum. He he talks about it like a next every face-off's new face-off mentality. So doesn't matter if you lose the last the last one you win the win the one before like the 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 opponent doesn't doesn't care what you've done in the past what what accolades you've gotten um what awards you've won per se um 
it's all about that next face off because really anything can happen out there. You could shut the bed and and uh, blow it for your team, or you can do it do what we do and and win it. So yeah. um, all about that. Yeah. So that's that next next face off mentality. It almost sounds like uh, you know when they talk about NFL quarterbacks and sh- you know they throw an interception, it's like all right, you got to shake them mm-hmm. off, forget about it. Yeah. Next one. It sounds like the same kind of mentality. Yeah. No, I never thought about that, but that that actually is that's a perfect analogy. Um, so what was it like being on this year's team? Obviously you were on last year's team and I know, um, I think it was Joey that was out. Was he out last year or was it Nate? I know one of your, it was Nate. Nate yeah, it was, was out Nate. last year. So, you know, obviously you guys still had a pretty good year, but I know Landon has an extremely high bar of success. So you didn't hit that bar, but mm-hmm. then this year you guys came back, everybody, well, I know you had some injuries, but most everybody was healthy. So talk about what it was like being on this year's team and experience and what you guys experienced. So I know. Um, as kind of, as a team, we talk a lot about the, the class of 2015 and, and our season then, how we went, we we're three quarters done with the season and, and we, uh, dropped two games that we weren't supposed to drop to pretty, like, like a pretty good St. Ignatius team and a pretty good St. Stevens and Agnes team. And, uh, we really talked about the senior class and how dedicated they were, um, to the, to, to the lacrosse team and, and to our overall success and we we pretty much compared everything we did to them and and uh like hey what would the 2015s think um are we doing everything we can on and off the field and uh 2016 i i don't think we really had that our, our senior class was small um and uh you know we we had we had good leaders but not everyone was was bought in and, and i know this year um we really really took that uh I just got like four or five losses last um, twenty sixteen year and we took that personally and, and everyone worked their worked their butts off in the in the off season and, and we weren't we knew this year would be special. I mean we, we were not gonna lose any games. I mean I remember I guess it was my freshman year, um a guy on the team, Ryan Pride, uh UVA guy, he texted kind of our, our friend group, Waddle Cross guys and said, Look, like like our senior year, we could do something really special. Like we have all the pieces. Um, what if we went undefeated and we're the best team in the country? And it's it's hilarious to think about now. I mean, because um, like we did it, and and yeah, it was the most stressful three months of my life and all of our lives. But um, it really it really turned out well. So just that buying in, everyone everyone knew their role. I mean, you see guys like like looking back on Pride. I mean. Terrible, terrible knee injury. Um, sophomore year in a huge game um, at Georgetown University. Um, kind of struggled to find his role early this season in in the first line and um, dropped back to the second line. And you know our second line was equally as as lethal offensively as our first line. So I mean, really shows that anyone would do anyone anything for our team. Uh, and uh, I mean, everyone saw the results. So. Yeah. It's just a special, special group we had. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, uh, I know I know this is going to be like the awkward question because I'm going to ask you about yourself and, you know, most players don't like you know, talking about themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you earned Washington Post All-Met Player of the Year, USA Today uh, Player of the Year. Um, when, you know, when you start hearing that kind of stuff, like, what like what do you think? Like, what goes through your mind? <laughs> Um, I mean, it's it's a tribute to to not only my my hard work, but our whole team's hard work. I mean, I like I said, couldn't have done it with or had the season I had without 
coaches like Mattis and Cassidy and Bordley. Um, and then also I couldn't have done it without guys on my wing like uh, Powell, Geppert, Zach Johnson, um, Andrew Fowler. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a team effort, and uh, especially with the face-off. It's, a lot of people say it's just one guy out there in the middle facing off, but it's really – it's more than that. It's the wings. I know I passed the ball to the goalie, um, Shane Corcoran, quite a bit. Um, it's in our coaches. I mean, they, we scout literally to the third faceoff guy in every roster. So, I mean, you really are, are very more than, more than prepared. I mean, um, I, I knew everything I was going up against and, and our coaches and backup faceoff guys, uh, gave us great scouts and, and, you know, it's, it's really a tribute to the whole team. And like I was talking about earlier, like third faceoff guy or not, they're still giving their own practice, still working their butts off. And, uh, and, you know, it, it really showed in the end. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of my mindset to that. Yeah. So now, obviously, you, got, you just wrapped up the uh, Under Armour All-American game. Um, mm-hmm. What What's next? Is there a little bit of a break before you head off for Navy? Or? Um, so I'm, Bowler and I are actually going to the prep school here in uh, a couple of weeks. Actually, both of us are down at our buddy's house in Florida right now. Um, so we've got a couple of weeks off going over to Navy. I think they actually or uh, Navy Prep School, which is in Newport, Rhode Island. I actually think those lacrosse seasons um, earlier for them. So I guess we're kind of jumping right back into it. But definitely nice to get a couple couple weeks off. I know that's something that'll that'll help me. Um, I know like my wrists are wrists are shot after forty face off with Under Armour, <laughs> and uh, so it's definitely definitely nice to get a little break here. Well, you guys look like you had a lot of fun during the Under Armour game. You had some pretty yeah, for good sure. celebrations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a great time and it's definitely a great experience. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I also was in Vail the week before, which with with FCA, so you know, it's it's definitely a great uh great stretch of lacrosse here, and I know uh, I love playing with FCA. All right, as you can hear, Justin is a really great guy, and he was really excited to be named the Lax Records Player of the Year. So we're also now going to jump into the interview with Rob Borley, Justin's head coach at Landon. Tell me a little bit about uh, Justin and the, the season that he had for you guys. Well, uh, he was a beast. I've had some pretty good face-off kids over the years, uh, but the face-off has become so much more important in the last, I don't know what it's been, half dozen years, maybe a decade. Uh, but, you know, the guy won, I think it was like 79.6%. Ian Healy tabulated it. It was slightly under 80%. And I can't remember his final numbers, but he had like 25 points uh, in goals and assists combined. Uh, so not only was he giving us, uh, that many more possessions in each and every game, uh, teams just couldn't go on a run uh, because nobody was going to win. You know, I, I don't know statistically if there was a game where we lost uh, more than two face-offs in, in, in succession. More often than not was you'd score, we'd win a face-off, and next thing you know, I wish I had a statistic for this, he'd go down and either score himself right after you had, you know, gotten a little momentum, uh, or he would hit Joey, our point attackman, and Joey would step in uh, and score. Uh, and uh, so he just gave us so many more possessions statistically than most of our opponents. 
Uh, I think probably the game, uh, I don't have my book here, but the St. Ignatius team from California was an extremely talented team, very, very athletic, uh, as was the Brunswick team uh, that we played very early in the season from Connecticut. Uh, and those were certainly teams uh, that I would say, you know, on paper, uh, you know, we were pretty damn even. Uh, but uh, if one team's getting whatever, 30%, uh, maybe in more, 35% more possessions than the other, uh, all else being equal, uh, we ought to win. Uh, so he's a tough kid. He's just gotten better and better. Uh, he'd be the first to tell you, Connor Cassidy, uh, his position coach, Connor was a former player of mine, uh, was a tailback for me in football and also played lacrosse, was a face-off guy, and then he went on and played for four years uh, at Hopkins. Uh, didn't play that much, uh, but, you know, he was on the Hopkins teams for four years, and I think Justin, when you talk to him, he'll be the first to tell you uh, that he owes, you know, a lot of his success to Justin, uh, not only Probably less for the technique, though Connor's good at technique, but just having that position coach, you know, he only has three guys. We have three face-off kids, and uh, he's more like a, a psychological coach. Right. <laughs> Justin would come off the field angry because the refs had, you know, whistled him for moving early or whatever, uh, and literally there was a, a dialogue going on uh it, after every face-off, at least every face-off where we didn't win it and what he should do next time out. Uh, so uh, he was as dominant a face-off guy as we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, and we've had some good ones. But, you know, 10 years ago you were just – your best athlete often just faced off. Uh, I mean, he faced off, but he was also a full-time midi. Right. Uh, and I don't know when – uh, who was the first transition player at the collegiate level uh, where the face-off became such a specialty. They almost had their own practice. They spend half the practice, more than half the practice, on one side of the field doing drills as a threesome uh, with a coach, yeah. which is very, very different than the way it was not too long ago. Now, uh, you know, so how does, the, how does the makeup of the team change if he's off the field, like if you took him off this year's team, how would you think this year's team, um, the, the makeup of this year's team would have been? We certainly would have been good. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't like using the word excellent, but I guess you'd have to say we were, we were damn close to being excellent. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this year's team, it's kind of remarkable. We lost three kids for the season this year. Three kids had to have surgery. And Ryan Pride, uh, one of our Virginia-bound middies, uh, he missed almost half the season. Uh, so even without those four players, we still had a good season. Yeah. Uh, I still had Joey. <laughs> you know, again, if somebody somebody made the point, we were talking about who is the most valuable player, and we were debating it in my office. And I think we all thought, you know, uh, it was Justin, and we were going, well, wait a minute. Joey, I'm sure uh, Jared's giving you the stats, but Joey has already broken the career record, and he's got a year to go, and he's broken the single-season record, and broken the single-season record by, I think, like 25 or 30 points. Uh, and he's already, you know, like 25 points ahead of the all-time record. Yeah. Uh, 
So the argument was, well, if Joey and Nate Buller uh, aren't scoring all those goals, <laughs> Justin wouldn't be getting all those face-offs, right. which is kind of an interesting way to think about it. Uh, and that's when we decided as coaches for Landon, we gave co-MVPs, which we've rarely done. Yeah. Uh, we gave it to both Joey uh, and to Justin. But I thought that was a pretty interesting argument. Uh, you know, if you don't score, you don't have another face-off. Right. Unless you're just giving up a lot of goals. <laughs> yeah. And we were scoring. I think anybody would agree. Like, you, you guys didn't go 21-0 and finish number one in the country with, with one player. Like, you know, it's it was one of those, like, I, I you know, for, for me to pick one player for, for player of the year, because it, it was tough because I'm looking at, you know, I looked at your guys' stats, but then, you know, I look at a guy like Alec Trippier-Bullis, and I'm like, you know, you take these guys, any one of these guys off these teams, and they're probably not the same team. But, no question. So I think our team was certainly because that that point came up in our all league meeting uh, because we just started a year ago. I think it was a year ago uh, for the first time the league coaches when we selected the all league team mm -hmm. were asked to select an MVP, and I can't remember. Uh, it may have been my idea, but uh, I can't recall. Uh, we decided we would have we would recommend uh, that there be two MVPs uh, that Trippy uh, and Justin get that award, uh, and we were then told, well, the ADs may not accept that; they may want a single MVP, not the league coaches. And so the question was: so if the ADs say, uh, you know, we don't want two, we want one. Uh, who who do people want to vote, vote for? And, and as I recall, it was unanimous. Uh, it had, the coaches voted 6-0. If it has to be one, uh, it should be Shockey. Uh, so those are the league coaches, and I think, you know, probably more than anybody else, uh, they have a pretty good feel. But I agreed with uh, uh, the, the, the Bullis coach when he said, you know, if we don't have Trippy. Uh, I'm scared to think how far off we fall. Uh, you know, we have some good players, but uh, we did lose some good players. You know, Ryan Pride, we lost for half a season. Uh, we lost uh, one of the O'Brien kids who'd started for us last year. We lost him for the full season, and we continued, you know, to score goals. Yeah. Uh, this was just a ridiculously deep team uh, that we had this season. Uh, but obviously, uh, the face-off has become so important, uh, much more so than it was 10 years ago. Right. Uh, and and I, I, I can't figure that out, to be quite frank. Is it they've just gotten so much better because it's now become a specialty, like being a goalie. And, right. and boy, if you can't face off, you're in trouble. Uh, there's just And we saw teams try everything imaginable. We saw... You know, a pole facing off. We saw two poles. We even saw three poles uh, in one game. Uh, and no matter what they did, Justin was not only able to win, but he was able uh, to respond to what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, if you put your guy at one end of the face-off wing line, uh, you know, he had a call where he'd pull it out here. If you did this, we would do that. Uh, and that, again, was all Justin and Connor Cassidy. Yeah. I was never involved in a discussion. Connor would often call out. Uh, 
he would see how our opponents were aligned and what they were doing, and we had a bunch of words, so he would call out uh, uh, something, and Justin knew when to pull it and where to pull it and where to push it and whether he should pick it up himself or uh, take it back and so forth. So, you know, I think when you talk to Justin, I'm sure he will give much of the credit uh, to Connor, and also to, uh, we had a kid named Abizade, Michael Abizade, uh, who's also a senior. He's going to Furman to face off. And, uh, you know, I think any face off gay would say, you know, without a partner to work with, because mm. uh, Justin Shockey, uh, Jarrett Witzel is going into his junior year here at Bucknell next, next fall, and Jarrett was our face off guy. You know, a couple of years ago, and that was when Justin was a Justin's a sophomore and Jarrett was a senior. And Jarrett uh, has done a great job at at uh, Bucknell. He's been Player of the Week a couple of times, uh, and he certainly Justin benefited from working with Jarrett, uh, just as this boy Abizade, uh just having a a good partner to work with every day in practice yeah. has made him better. I was gonna say, like, how has Justin kind of you know? Um... I'll use the word evolved or grown up, you know, in, since he was a freshman and, you know, sophomore and things like that. Like, how has he gotten this good? You know, you talked about his, his uh, position coach and everything, but how have you seen him improve? Well, he's certainly gotten more athletic. Uh, he's gotten stronger. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten faster. Uh, you know, I think this winter, uh, a lot of these kids, uh, uh, Patrick Kina, who was Navy's captain last year and I hope is near completing his SEAL training uh, right now. He came and spoke at Landon uh, this fall, last fall, uh, and he spoke to anybody who wanted uh, to hear someone talk about leadership. Uh, so almost, I'm sure all of our senior lacrosse players were there, but there were a lot of kids, mm -hmm. you know, basketball players and so forth, who just wanted to hear, you know, what a kid uh, who'd gone on and had a great career at Navy, had to say about leadership. And I think, I, I think Justin, uh, as well as a number of our seniors, really listened. Uh, you know, I didn't think Pat said anything that we haven't said, mm -hmm. but I'm an old man <laughs> who lives around campus. Here's a kid who they know uh, plans to be a Navy SEAL. Uh, who was Navy's captain, they've seen on TV, yeah. and he was all-league in the Patriot League. His saying the same thing has a much greater impact than my voice. Yeah. Uh, but he really talked about accountability, uh, holding teammates responsible uh, for their, uh, for their uh, behavior on the weekends, uh, their practice habits, and so forth. And he really worked hard this winter. We have a very good uh, strength and conditioning program that combines stick work uh, with no helmets or anything. They just sticks uh, two days a week. Uh, it's basically stick work for 55 minutes. Mm -hmm. And they're either then running or they're in the weight room. And he really worked harder. So he became a better athlete, just got bigger and stronger. He was also uh, a a really, really talented kayater. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, when I was a so I taught him in my sophomore history class, and 
uh, there were two of them uh, who were really, really, uh, I want to say, one, his, his buddy was a world-class kayaker uh, who went all over the world to compete. And Justin and he uh, competed an awful lot. And I, I don't know if, I don't know anything about kayaking. He's offered to take me kayaking, but some of that upper body strength, some of the wrist quickness that's required as a face-off guy, I've had some people suggest that maybe that, some of the skills uh, from being in the water and what they have to do in terms of their paddling transferred uh, to facing off. I don't know. You'd have to ask him that. Uh, but I've had several people speculate that that may have really aided him uh, in his evolution. Because he was really, I think he would tell you, I, I hear when he was a middle schooler, and I didn't, I don't, I didn't know him when he was seventh or eighth grade. He was just a little, a, a doughboy, a little <laughs> chubby kid. Uh, oh, that's... So, I, so I don't, I don't know if he would uh, say that some of the skills in that sport translate transferred to his facing off. That's uh, that, that's an interesting point, though. I definitely will have to to ask him that when when I speak to him. Um, they, to kind of wrap up, you know, it, it was one of those, like, I talked with uh, San Ignatius coach Chris Packard er, earlier in the year. I mean, it was it was like April when I spoke to him, and I think I was talking to him about, uh, uh, their, about their East Coast trip. And obviously they lost to you guys, but he had some very nice things to say about you guys as a team. But, you know, and I did not ask him specifically, but here was his quote, and I just kind of want to get, you know, your thoughts on it. He says, Justin Shockey is probably one of the best guys I've ever seen. He's like, we ran into a buzzsaw when we faced Landon and faced Shockey. Um, like I said, that that I did not ask him about Justin or anything like that. Like, he just kind of offered that up, and I thought that was tremendous praise um, from a team that obviously, you know, they just come off the, the Chaminade win, um, and I forget the other East Coast team team that they beat. But, you know, I mean, he talked about you guys, and, and Justin particularly called him out. So I thought that was pretty good praise. So I just kind of wanted to get which. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, I remember after the game, uh, since they had come so far, uh, you know, we host a lot of teams that come in. Uh, you know, whether it's Connecticut or Florida, Tennessee, uh, and I, 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 you know, I try uh, to make sure we're good. Uh, we're good uh, hosts. That, that you know, when they leave, they go, "Wow, those people play good lacrosse, but they're also good people." And I remember. Uh, well after the game as they were packing their bags and moving up toward the buses, I was talking to them and wishing them good luck uh, as they headed north because then they go up to go north and win two good games. Yeah. And that only made us look good. Yeah. And I said, hey, boys, you're as athletic as any team we're likely to play. Uh, I don't think we would have gotten by you had it not been for our dominance at the face-off X. They had beaten us. Uh, two years prior to this, uh, in a game where uh, we were winning by two going into the fourth, and we made a couple mistakes, but they capitalized and beat us. So we were fired up to play, uh, you know, and we knew they don't, I don't think they come uh, to the East Coast every year. Uh, I suspect, you know, when they know they're going to be pretty good. Uh, that's when they want to come. And this was a very talented team, just very athletic. Uh, and Justin was clearly the difference. It was all of those possessions. But again, when I show, they didn't have a whole lot of answers for us either offensively because we did, uh, you know, we scored some goals that day. 
can't remember what the final score was. So we're back to that, you know, <laughs> debate over Justin's possessions. But then Joey and Nate, uh, it'd be hard to top that duo when you Nate Bowler and Joey were a one-two combination that was really hard to beat. Who do you put your your top kid on? Uh, uh, Nate is as fast as any attackman I'm sure in the country uh, and he's a lefty so if you stop him that means you're, you're number two guys on Joey or vice versa yeah. uh, and, and our third guy was good our third guy was just what we had hoped for an off ball guy uh, who finished when given the opportunity and he had a lot of opportunities because people had to help the other two yeah, yeah I'm sure that's kind of- uh, or the egg uh, debates, like what, what comes first? He's like, yeah, you don't get the face off if you don't score, uh, <laughs> you know. But Justin's a really a good kid, and he's you know he uh, he's had some physical injuries over the over the years, and uh, you know he's worked hard. He had uh, last year, I forgot what the surgery was. You can ask him. Uh, he had surgery. I can't remember if it's on his foot or his ankle. Uh, this was before Christmas. Uh, a year ago during his junior year and boy you know he struggled all season just dealing with this inflamed uh, swollen foot ankle uh-huh. uh, and you know I used to have to constantly tell him you know you need to be smart uh, if you need to take Wednesday off take Wednesday off uh, you know and he had trouble with that <laughs> he wanted to and I'd say, God damn it, you can't aggravate this thing. Uh, you know, just we need you Friday. And I don't give a damn what you do between now and Friday. Yeah. Uh, so as I recall, and I don't even know if they removed it, they had to put a plate uh, in his ankle, okay. uh, ankle or foot, uh, with screws. And I think they decided they wouldn't take the screws out and they can take them out at some future date. Uh, but they decided not to take take them out. Uh, so as a junior, you know, here's a kid who has major ankle surgery and, and really had a lot of discomfort uh, and played the entire season. I don't think he missed any games last year. Uh, so, again, he's a tough kid. He's going to the Naval Academy. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's not, not a place for everybody. Right. In fact, it's not a place for most kids. <laughs> uh I think he's looking forward to the challenge, you know, because he certainly had a lot of people who were interested in him. Uh, And uh, he's chosen to go to the Naval Academy. So it's going to be kind of neat to see what happens in these next few years. 